I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the You Haven't Heard This Productions and Publications Network. For more great shows and blogs and vlogs, please visit www.yhhtmpc.com. Welcome to YHHTMPC. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. What does that mean exactly? Oh, yeah. You haven't heard This Music Podcast, a show about introducing lesser-known music of lesser-known artists from all over the world. And now, without further ado, a one, a two, a one, two, three, four... Welcome everyone, everywhere to You Haven't Heard This Music Podcast, Season 5, Episode 13, Side A. This is a podcast about the known music by the known artists that we believe are as good if not better than that in the mainstream. This is a podcast of two sides. We have Side A one week and then Side B the next week. This is Side A. This is an entertaining even if I do say so myself entertaining podcast entertaining episode with different sections it's a magazine style show almost like a, a British panel show type situation that we have going on here on the b-side you can go back and check out previous b-sides that's just about the artist it's just about the the submissions that we get and we have a listen to what they have to say about themselves and their music and we listen to their music and that's that so if you're just looking for new music and you don't want the you don't want to be entertained entertained go check out the b-side if you want to be entertained and have a good old belly chuckle stick around so this is like i say you haven't heard this music podcast with me every week i have hosts and guests uh i have with me as always wayne hello wayne hey from coast to coast dj host how's it going more good and more good. Did you enjoy that intro? That was all right, wasn't it, man? I'm sorry. It sounds like you've been practicing free. Straight off the cuff, that was. First take. That's good. I'm most professional. <laughs> no fucking around. Also with me from over in Brighton, Mike Five. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I've got um, 
I've got something to share with you. Uh, Ooh, okay. So you know, you know, on Facebook, you get memories like on, oh, yeah. on this day. So I've got one today, 15 years ago on this day. Now I don't know the context of this. Just to be absolutely clear with you, I've got no idea what was going on at the time that compelled my friend to write this on my timeline. But he wrote 15 years ago on this day. I just saw a Cambodian midget on a bicycle. Well, it's not, but I, I'm not sure. Was there a conversation perhaps about that? Probably not. I don't know. Anyway, I thought I'd share that with you because uh, I thought it was How long ago was that? 15 years ago. 15 years ago, yeah. Unbelievably. And 14 years ago, 15 15 and however many days later, that man was admitted to rehab. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> <laughs> very random Mike thank you so much for that yeah. that's right I just I just saw it and thought I have to tell someone <laughs> why not us <laughs> so why not you also on the podcast we have a reoccurring character we have a, a, a friend of the podcast she's also uh, featured on uh, you haven't heard this productions and publications we have with us Emrose hello Emrose Hello. You good? Yes, the only American has arrived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fashion icon Emrose. I see you on uh, the uh, on the stories all the time, showing off your new clothes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Somebody sees that, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> fashion guru, you love it. Um, right, so yeah, Emma's, you'll be, Emma's will be joining us for all the banter and stuff. Also, since the last time you're on Emma's, we now have a, another host. We have a podcast AI. Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah, well, sh- we, 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 we're going up in the world. So uh, we have with us, where is he? I've lost him. Shit. Pleasure to meet you, AI. <laughs> oh, we've got, yeah, we've, got, we've got Austin this week. Sorry. So last, last time we had Fab in you with us, and this week we've got Austin back, because Austin was in Dubai last time. So, uh, oh, was he now? Yeah, I, t- 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 I did say he was in Dubai doing a conference. That's why we had Fab in you. Because uh, Mike called you out on something last week, you've gone back and wrote all this shit down, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Austin, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us. What have you been up to in Dubai? Chilling out. Maxin, relaxing, all cool, shooting some b-ball, and just kicking back with my boys and banging hoes in the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Austin. Sorry about that, Emrose. Okay, computer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, you, gl- you glad to be back with us, Austin? I'm glad to be back. But I'm worried. I found another man's pants at home, and I think my wife might be cheating on me with some other cyber bastard. Oh. <laughs> well, we wouldn't know anything about that, Austin. It's good to have you, but we had Fab and you last week, didn't we, Fab? I don't know if you know Fab and you. Fab and you. That crazy bastard. Love that bloke <laughs> to bits. He's like a brother to me. Um, so Austin clearly doesn't listen to past episodes. Right, moving on. <laughs> it's becoming a bit like a soap opera on this podcast now. Right, so that's Austin, that's all the guests, that's the hosts. We're going to move straight on to our first part, which is the, a, a new section. It's the Icebreaker. Icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't think you were going to use that. Wow. Of course. It's that incredible. Was <laughs> right, so this week's icebreaker. Every every week's going to be different because um, each each host. Obviously, I'm hosting this week. Next week it'll be Wayne. The week after be Mike. And we're going to bring our own icebreaker. This week, my icebreaker is I'm just going to play some theme tunes, and uh, I've got four theme tunes. Easy, easy. It's just the first. Are we, one. Are we playing this again? Oh yes, get in. I'm up for this. Well, Come on. Last 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 time it was you had to guess who the artist was in the interview. It's like a, we had a so and so talking to Joe Rogan. You had to work out who it was. This one's just theme tunes from TV shows. You might get three of these. Emros, one of them. You d- I've got five. One of them you definitely won't because it's uh, more British and it's quite uh, it's quite old. We have a few years on you, Emros. So uh, yeah, I mean, if yeah. it's Downton Abbey, I'm good. But anything else, I'm like, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> well, there we go. It's just a nice breaker. So I'm going to go my first song. This is the first song, so you can get the, so you can work out what the theme tune is first. Just shout it out. Wait. Go on then. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Wow. Right. Second one. Impressive. Second one. Second song. Oh, Mike. Go on then. That's, um, what was it called? Uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, isn't it? Yeah, that has to be yeah. Fresh Prince. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Next okay, one. Okay, I knew one. But <laughs> <laughs> this 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 icebreaker is going very quick. Right, the next <laughs> song. Why? Oh 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 oh! I know. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <it> is, yeah. <laughs> right, we've got two more left. This is a. Uh, the next one. Oh, Mike, Mike. It's, um, oh, it's called Turn Off Men. Yeah. <clears throat> this is so much fun. I'm glad we're doing this. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Last one. You're not going to get this one, Emrose. That's okay. <laughs> Mike. That's Father Ted. Father That's Ted. Father Ted. Uh, I'm disappointed. My grandparents watch like BritBox on the TV every weekend and <laughs> didn't ring a bell, sadly. Have you watched Father Ted Emrose? I don't believe so, no. Oh, you should definitely watch that. You oh, Jesus. <laughs> My YouTube is full of Americans watching. Um, so you think you're a racist now, Father? YouTube. <laughs> okay, so that was the icebreaker. That was amazing. That is why people tune into this show <laughs> for shit like that. Right, moving on to our first section of the show, our proper section, which is the head to head. We have a Patreon, by the way, I forgot to mention. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have our first Patreon. It's me. Oh? Oh? It's me, yeah. I've, I've, I've done that thing where buskers put a bit of money in the um, in, in the, the the case, so it looks like somebody's put some money in there. No shame in that. There is absolutely lots of shame. Back, it's backing yourself, dude. It's backing yourself. Also, you get to hear loads of exclusive bits that no one else does. <laughs> I put them on there. <laughs> and a mouthful of coffee, then Mike nearly went everywhere. 
<laughs> I haven't really done that, by the way, but I was tempted. But yeah, if you, but we still don't have any patrons. I, I, I think I'm, I'm worried that this is going to be an ongoing joke and people aren't going to join the patron because they think it's a funny ongoing joke. Um, but yeah, if, you, if, if anybody out there wants to join our patron, we'll have like exclusive stuff that you can listen to and we'll give you access to members area if, if they're like an artist and we'll promo shit and we'll work something out for you. But yeah. It's for the, I mean, if you like what we do and you appreciate us, it's like, it's like a cup of coffee a month. If you saw me out in the street, people, and you said, oh, that's Richie, I'll get him a coffee. You can get me a coffee. It's just by joining Patreon. It's just three quid. Are you going to Starbucks? I'm pretty sure it's more than three quid for a coffee. Anyway. You look at Richie and you go, he looks a bit cold. He looks like he's been out all night. I'll buy him a coffee. Right, so uh, we're going to move on to our first song, In the Head to Head, which is... What, Wayne? What have you brought? Oh, I brought uh, a guy called Benjamin Adair Murphy and his song Old Chords. Enjoy. One, two, three. Old chords for new heartbreaks. I keep making the same mistakes, oh Lord. And I'm left with old chords. So that was Old Chords. That was a very short song, Wayne. That's half the reason I brought it. Yes, that was Old Chords by Benjamin Adair Murphy with vocal by Alison Langerak. I'll read you a bit of, of guff from the email. Uh, we know we love guff from the email. Uh, with Old Chords, Benjamin Adair Murphy takes a break from uh, the political blues of Let's Make a King, which is his previous album, and returns to his love of Americana and country folk music. Two of the tracks feature the soulful voice of NYC vocalist Alison Langerak, and the songs on all chords are full of catchy hooks, strong melodies, and poignant lyrics. Um, you know me. I just like it. It's that simple. You know, it's it's really nice. It's stripped back um, folk sort of thing. But also, it's really quite commercially recorded. It's, everything's really, really nicely polished. Um, I've obviously got someone who knows exactly what they're doing with this. It's just... I mean, the whole EP has just got this really nice vibe, like that song. This is the... I mean, I could have chose like three or four off off this EP to bring. This was just the one that I liked and resonated with me. You know, it's that lovely drone that's in there. It's, it's the lap steel guitar. It's that lady singing, the way the way she just sort of, you know, paints a sort of picture. I just... It's just one of them, you know. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. That's the reason I bought it. I just enjoyed it. Mike, 
Yeah, I really like it. I am. I, I sort of empathise. I play a lot of old chords and get them wrong as well. But, but no, genuinely, I thought, it was, yeah, it's a, it's a really kind of pretty, beautiful kind of song. It's stripped back. It's laid back. It's um, you know, it just lets the, the you know the guitar and the vocal do the work, and it doesn't have you know mass production and a massive beat on it or anything like that. And it just shows you that a good song. I mean, I've said this loads before, you know, a really good song is one you can strip right back like that. And I'm sure if you wanted to, you could go into a studio and, you know, add a piano and a harpsichord and a harmonica and whatever the fuck you want. But you don't need to because it's just a really beautiful song and it works as it is. So I was very, very impressed. I really liked it. Um, and I like that sort of, you know, slow, melancholy Americana thing is pretty cool. So, yeah, I dig it, man. I'm Rose. Yeah, very cool. Despite, you know, um, you know, being like living in the States, I don't really listen to Americana very often. Um, so it was kind of different to hear. Honestly, I, I really um, never really listened to anything like that kind of focused in like folk roots and having guitar, especially modern um, Americana. I mean, I listen to, you know, like a lot of old folk music, but uh, yeah, very cool to hear. I think that you know, the production was really pretty. Very like that also it wasn't kind of going into the a lot of the tropes of Americana, like with uh, the, homo- the harmonica. <laughs> and um, I feel like, yeah, if I listen, ever listen to like modern Americana, there's usually a lot more like, it kind of gets a little cheesy, but I really liked that, that was just a pretty song. And yeah, very relaxing, very chill. You can kind of like picture a beautiful field. I don't know, it was really nice. I agree. It was a, a lovely song, is what it was. It felt very um, worshipy. It almost felt like a Hill Songs. I don't know if you know who Hill sing- Songs are, but it felt a bit like that. It felt like something you'd hear in church. But uh, no, it was a very, it was a very nice song. It's um, quite unexpected uh, considering the kind of music you you have been bringing. That's just me, baby. I'm all over the fucking place. <laughs> what did you think of this one, Austin? Not my thing. Boring. Oh, <laughs> goodness, Austin! Yeah, yeah, Austin, you bitch. Okay, I'm pretty sure your wife says the same about you. You fuck. <laughs> oh, Wayne, I was I was re- pretty polite for Austin. Normally, he's a lot harsher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, that was Wayne. That was uh, who was that again? Wayne, sorry. Benjamin Adair. I've got it written down. Murphy. Okay, so yeah, Benjamin Adem, if you can find him in the show notes, if you like his work, go check him out, go show him some some support and all the all of that. Uh, Mike Five, what are you bringing, old chum? <laughs> old chum, old buddy, old pal. Uh, I've got a band called We Three Kings with their song "The Criminal." <laughs> i 
Sega. That was We Three Kings with The Criminal. Um, I'll read a little bit of blurb. So We Three Kings are a no-nonsense three-piece rock and roll band from Manchester, UK. Just in case you didn't know where Manchester was. With balls out of sound that blends fuzzed up blues rock into a three-minute into three-minute mini miracles of pure joy. That's quite a sentence. Uh, with Rich on vocals and guitar, Ben on bass and Pete on drums, their riff-driven guitar-heavy sound is perfect for a playlist alongside Rival Sons, Royal Bloods, The Black Keys, Queens of the Stone Age, Wolf Mother and The White Stripes. The band's entire back catalogue, encompassing five, uh, sorry, two five-track EPs and a string of singles, is available to stream or download across all digital platforms. Uh, so that's We Three Kings with The Criminal. I really like that because it is pure balls out unashamedly rock and roll magic uh, and I think it's fantastic um, I actually think that um, I mean I have far far too many musical projects and things going on at the moment but if I was going to start another band I would basically want it to sound like that um, they remind me of the Datsuns which isn't in their list of influences um, but the Datsuns and Rival Sons in particular um, I just love that grooving bass line that brilliant riff his vocals are spot on, um, kind of hitting the uh, octave on the fifth, um, just to sort of complete the chord. It just sounds fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's why I chose it. Um, Richie, what do you think? It's um, it's hair metal, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's it is. It's quite. It's uh, it's very old school feeling. It's um, Probably it's got a bit of a 90s vibe to it. I think we've had these guys on the podcast before. Uh, I recently, I think I'd I probably got the same email you got from them, Mike. I had one recently off them. Good band, I mean, they're really good. Uh, the production and everything, it's it's bang on. These guys would definitely fit, you know, if they, that could have easily supported someone like fucking Bon Jovi or Def Leppard. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's good, it's good. It's not really my thing, but yeah, it's good. I, I enjoyed it. Wayne. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, it's that, you know, it's that southern rock groove uh, that, that Mike loves to bring. You know, it's got, it's really fuzzed up. And, you know, it was a bit bass light this week, to be honest, Mike. It wasn't as bass as, as the way you normally bring. But <clears throat> it sort of put me in mind as if, like, if we didn't have Led Zeppelin, this is the sort of music Led Zeppelin would release now. That sort of, you know, it's a bit more fuzzed up, it's a bit more edging towards you know the bluesy rock sort of thing um, and I mean if, above what else it is just groovy the whole thing was just a groove you know it's a head bopping groove that's what it was it reminded me a lot of some of the bands we saw at Breaking Bands uh, Festival Rich to be honest that's yeah. sort of the minute I, I was like these guys would be for, absolutely perfect for, for that sort of thing the guy's got a great voice so I don't know what his name is and I really like that they kept the recording quite earnest you sort of like this is how you'd see them. This is how they would sound, you know, with a good uh, sound engineer on stage. This is what you'd get. And for some reason, I had him in mind playing an SG. I don't know why. And the video for this would be shot from floor height, looking up at them for some reason. That's, that's what he put in my mind as I was listening to this. I was like, yeah, he's definitely playing an SG. And everything's shot from like below the monitors, upwards up them guys. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It's good. It's a good groovy song. What did you think of this, Emrose? Is this your bag? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, kind of. Um, I definitely listen to a lot of, like, you know, classic rock a lot. I mean, I wouldn't call this classic rock, but, um, you know, I, I agree. It's very much hair metal. It's very much, like, definitely reminded me of Led Zeppelin. Um, and, yeah, a little bit bluesy, which is cool. 
Um, I love a guitar riff. Um, yeah, so I think the production was really cool. Yeah, I mean, do I listen to this music like every day? No, but you know, what I'm in a mood for it, it's a good time. I can see you wearing a Motley Crue t-shirt, Emrose. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Swing in your hair. Oh yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah. That'll. I'm lying. I'm lying. You're more of a Cinderella type of girl, aren't you? That's what it is. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> How do you know my favorite Disney princess? Um, <laughs> that's not the Cinderella yeah. I was talking about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <damn>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I think like a few like times I was on this show. Like they played like a vintage, not vintage, but like a '90s rap song, and I didn't get the reference, and I was so embarrassed that I had to go on like a deep dive of to get educated on my classic rap music. So this is happening again with metal. Uh, um, I mean, Cinderella. They're, they're sort of people like me know them. Yeah, people in the '60s. They're not. They're, yeah, they're, they're right. oh, screw you, Rich. <laughs> 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 yeah, I cannot say that I've ever heard of Cinderella outside of her stupid Disney context. You do have a good education, though, when it comes to music. I mean, the fact that you compared them with Led Zeppelin. I didn't compare them with Led Zeppelin, but as soon as you said, I thought, yeah, actually, these are a lot like Led Zeppelin in many ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. For, for an 18-year-old, I'm pretty okay, but uh, <laughs> could always improve oneself. Mm, we all can. Um, yeah, so that was um, We Three Kings. We, we three kings? We three kings, yeah. Of Warrior and Anyway. Um, <clears throat> That's their next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'm, I'm next. Um, I'm bringing my song. And my song is from a guy called Wayne Gillespie. Uh, his band is called... It's got the, I don't know if they're session players. It's Dwayne Gillespie and Famous Blue Raincoat with their song, Bananas. Give me bananas and tomatoes too You don't know what I like about you Give me the fever Give me bamboo in my stew oh, You don't know You don't know what I like about you It's all about you I look into the mirror and all I see All I see is you Just like you 
becoming twine Now I know Now I know what I like about you It's all about you Your medicine glass a tram or two It's all about you Wayne Gillespie with Bananas. As I've stated in past episodes, the reason I have my assistant AI is because I don't like reading out loud because I sound like a child when I do it. So, Austin, if you'd like to, um, if you could just tell us a little bit about Wayne Gillespie and the band or whatever. Their name should have already alerted you to the fact that this is a band that knows its music history. And who would want to name themselves after a song by Leonard Cohen? The fact that the core members have a little history themselves should also alert you to expect quality in the CD that accompanies this press release. And why not? Singer-slash-songwriter Wayne Gillespie has been making quality music in Australia since CBS released his second album New Locations here back in 1987 and yes. was already a favorite son back in his native New Zealand for a few years before that, while drummer-slash-percussionist Rob Grosser has fired the engine room of more than a few records since he emerged from Adelaide, having worked with some of Australia's best musicians including the late Pete Wells of Rose Tattoo, Jimmy Barnes, Tim Gaze, Bob Daisley, Ozzy Osbourne slash Gary Moore as well as overseas artists such as Bob Margolin, X Money Waters, and Deep Purple S John Lord, Ian Gillian and Steve Morse. Okay. Um he holds himself better than Fabian, you know, I think when he when he's talking, Aaron, Aaron Austin. So yeah, that that was uh I guess that was Bananas by Wayne Gillespie. I love this. It was such a strange arrangement and um, it was just a brilliant composition. I loved it. I loved the... the I, think I, I think they had two saxophones. I think they had a soprano saxophone and an alto saxophone. And um, absolutely beautiful. And the, the production on, on those saxophones was lovely. It, I think it was like a sitar, maybe, under, that was that line, it just kind of ran through, just underlined everything. It was just... That was lovely. It just pinned it all together I just yeah really nice song kind of jazzy bit jazzy but yeah I, I just like it I, in fact I, I need I'll keep meaning to put this in my playlist but I haven't yet um, I'm going to start with Wayne um I mean uh yeah it's it's a bit like a jazzy Lou Reed the way he sings this um and I, I mean it's, it's throwing me for a bit of a loop it, it it sort of puts me in mind of like a 50s film but I'm not sure what genre because at times it's sort of noir then it's a bit it could be a bit of a farce and then it's a bit of a spy thriller none of these is bad I'm just saying that's what it puts me in mind of it sort of reminds me of um, uh, is it Miles Davis the famous trumpeter yeah yeah the uh, soundtrack he did and I can't think for the life of me I know it was an awesome Wells film 
and I can't think what the hell firm it was, but the soundtrack he did with Orson Welles, and it's something like, oh, okay. anyway, sort of that sort of thing, it's very intense and dark and moody, and you know, there's water on the streets and everything's black and white sort of thing, um, and, and that's pretty much it, you know, I, I, I got this great sort of image of loads of cigarette smoke through a speakeasy and them guys playing up on stage incredible instrumentation you know and, and the, the whole thing felt very fact, uh, tactile to me yeah it's one of those it's it's not my bag but I can definitely appreciate it wasn't it Louis Armstrong that was the famous trumpeter um, yeah but it, it's the blue it, you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking I know about. what you're saying yeah 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 yeah. I'm going to look for it I'll tell you in a minute exactly what it is you think about John Coltrane Ooh. Uh, not John Coltrane no it's Miles Davis isn't it that's what I'm thinking Ma- Miles Davis was a trumpeter yeah yeah okay well, so what did you think of this Emrose I loved it oh my gosh I mean I really can hear like the jazz especially you know of course with the saxophone and I'm also definitely getting a film noir vibe that's actually a really great way to put it to words because whenever I hear music I like to visualize like kind of a movie scene to go along with it I don't know it's just a way that I like to like I'm a very like visual person so with music it definitely is like awesome for that and yeah definitely got a lot of cool like vibes walking the streets of Chicago at night kind of vibe Mm, yeah Mike Uh, yeah I really enjoyed it I thought it was a really cool tune um I just liked the the sort of well, not randomness of it, but the, it just went in different directions and took you to places you didn't expect. You know, I, I don't like bananas particularly. I don't, um, just don't like them. But uh, it, you know, it, it was an, it, it kind of. I didn't care. <laughs> like it was an interesting title and the lyrics. You don't were a bit like over the, the place. fruit bananas. I don't like the fruit bananas. What? Why? Um, They're perfect. Because I tell you a story. Because when I was three years old. I uh, fell down the stairs, uh, really hurt myself. Fuck's um, I've got to do the banana. Did you slip on a banana? <laughs> no, that, that would have been that would have been incredible uh, for so many. But no, it wasn't that. What it was is um, I was sitting on the sofa crying with my mum after I'd fallen down the stairs, and my dad came home from work and he bought me a banana as a treat, and I was so upset and in so much pain I didn't want it, and it put me off bananas for the rest of my life. Um, so there you go. There's a very personal story. <laughs> Something tragic about that, Mike. There really is. <laughs> Sorry, that's a very, very oh sad God. personal story. Um, I can't remember where I was going with the banana comment. Anyway, I don't particularly like bananas, but I enjoyed the lyrics. I thought they went um, kind of all over the place. It was a bit random. My only criticism is all the way through, I was thinking, yeah, this is really good. This is definitely, this is the one for this week. This is the winner. But it went on for about, I want to say a minute and a half too long. Like I don't think it just it just sort of after a while it's like oh, I'm sort of done now. Um, that's my only criticism, but otherwise very very good. Enjoyed it. I thought it was just the right amount. I loved because I loved it so much though. Um, Emro, so it's it's on you. Which was your favourite song this week? Oh my goodness! Well, definitely the song that I would like listen to again would be the last one. Um, just because it's a lot more like my style, I guess. Um, but again, totally a bias, like, because I'm, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Americana's not really my thing, and heavy rock is like cool, but also like, you know, not like my expertise. But I definitely do like a more smooth jazz kind of vibe. So I would have to go with the last one. Right, so uh, I do believe that's another point to me. Point on the chalkboard, Wayne. It's on the. What's the score, Wayne? What's the score? Uh, boring L. It is... Ooh, Richie's, Richie's tied things up. 
Uh, I think I can't remember who the hell won last week. Um, uh, oh no, Richie's gone one ahead. No. Yes, Richie's uh, in the lead now. I haven't put the, the things on from last week. Sorry, fellas. So yeah, it was five all after last week. Uh, and now Richie's ahead six five. I don't think there's enough episodes left for me to catch up now. So. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I am amazing. So we'll just leave that there. We're going to move on now to our next section which is Wayne ah uh, it's the wild card baby Okay, so the wild card is that section of the show where I go into the emails and I flick through and we will land on a random email and a random song. We don't know what the song is. We don't know if it's good, if it's bad. It could be anything. But that's what's going to happen. And uh, yeah, so Emrose, if you would like, if you'd be so very kind, um, could you... When you're ready, say stop as I flick through these emails and I am flicking. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I'm flicking, flicking and flicking and flicking. Stop. Okay, what we've got here. Let's have a look. So we have Moonshade. Um, Moonshade. Austin, do you want to tell the guys a bit about Moonshade? All hail. All that's the song. Wow. So, <laughs> was Austin singing the song or was that the actual song? That was terrifying. That was, that was quite uh, more Did we just walk in on Austin committing some sort of ritualistic <laughs> murder? Yeah. <laughs> Austin has stated so is, is Austin doing this song? Uh, okay. So, Austin, t- tell us. I mean, that was like a little a brief clip to give you, you know, because we always like to try and say what we think the song's going to be. So that was a little brief, uh, yeah. It, Should do that every week, mate, though. <laughs> done, done, done by a cult or something. Anyway, what's, the, what's this, isn't it, Austin? Who is this and what, what are they about? Hailing from Portugal, Moonshade aspired to reshape the current musical zeitgeist by achieving a balance between the epic and the extreme that perfectly echoes the many battle cries of this generation as it strives to ascend beyond its sorrows towards the everlasting horizons of humanity's untamed potential for becoming the gods it once worshipped. In 2022, Moonshade released the singles Epitaph and Blood of the Titans, taken from their sophomore album as we set the skies ablaze, out on July 22nd, 2022. Whether they are forging brave new worlds out of nothing for the sake of parable, directly tackling controversial topics concerning the anthropogenic nature of Earth's demise, or denouncing the evils of political and religious extremism, Moonshin persists in providing the soundtrack to humanity's battle for salvation. So we've got Epitaph that we're going to play. I'm expecting something very cinematic. Goodness, that sounds like a manifesto. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting to get from this wine um um yeah I, I just everything what you just said it's like it's gonna have some deep whenever anybody mentions political i instantly hear distorted guitars so i'm gonna go sort of yeah sort of operatic epic sounding a bit night wishy I'm probably going to be well off base. Ooh, uh, yeah, Night yeah, wishy yeah. with, you know, some... Almost theatre. Massive strings in there, yeah. Like a whole fucking 
you know, pit full of uh, violinists and cellists and people um, with some absolutely mad, batshit crazy timpanis going off. Mm. That's my hope anyway. Mike, what are you <laughs> expecting to get from this? Uh, I only understood about three words in the bio, uh, which was Portugal, um, Earth's Demise, and... Um, a sophomore. <laughs> sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm expecting this to be, based on what I understood, um, Portugal's sophomore demise of the Earth. Brilliant. <laughs> Do you have uh, any expectations from this, Emrose? Oh, yes, many expectations. This better be the political anthem of my dreams. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we're going to play this song now. This is Moonshade with their song Epitaph. Isn't Epitaph the thing you put on a gravestone? Yeah. The gravestone of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you went, com- went complete Swedish metal. I was going Spike Milligan's Told You I Was Ill. <laughs> oh okay, so this is that. All hail, Omo Diaboli.
So that was Moonshade with Epitaph. Before I say what I'm about to say, first I'm going to ask Wayne, what do I think of this, Wayne? I don't give a fuck what you think of this. This was fucking awesome. This was so far up my fucking street, this. What do you, you think of this? I don't care what you think of this. Fuck off. It's fucking brilliant. You think it's loud, shouty shit. That's what you think this You're is. You're wrong. I thought this was absolutely <laughs> fucking phenomenal. I thought this was absolutely fucking... Usually, usually, yes, I I wouldn't go for this type of thing, but this was so fucking well produced. I love that. I I don't know how to describe it. It was just... It's not my thing, but it really fucking was. It was just fucking brilliant. That's, that's all I've got to say. And it, it kind of surprised me because I shouldn't like that, but I fucking do. Go on then, Wayne, your turn. Oh, I've, I've, you heard it. That's, this is up my street. It, I built a house on this street. That's how far it is up my street. I fucking loved it. Every single moment of it. The shit, the screaming, the, the, the guitar, the, the fact that it's just... It starts off with that little thing that just spells out it's going to be dark it's going to be this and then you just go fuck you lot and just hits fifth gear no fucking about straight in loved it loved it I downloaded the album as soon as we were doing it loved it Mike I'm, I'm with you both that was absolutely amazing um, I mean I like heavy music I don't listen to a lot of music this heavy necessarily not since I was about 15 but um, but I absolutely loved it I thought it's brilliant I love the there's real versatility and range in his vocals so he, he can scream but he can scream in different ways <laughs> growl as well yeah and growl and just kind of do that almost like hissy Danny Filth thing from Cradle of Filth which is pretty cool uh, yeah it was dark it was heavy double bass pedals always a winner big thrashy guitars and it just had that you know epic quality to it I suppose uh, in that it was just you know it was, f- it was full of drama it was intense and I don't know what the fuck he was saying but it felt like <laughs> he meant- was f- I don't know what the fuck he was saying <laughs> but he was angry about it yeah he was he was very cross about it and he really meant it so I, I you know I I, uh, I bought that <laughs> but yeah no really really good I, I love that he sounded quite vexed um, <laughs> peeved, peeved. <laughs> what yes. did you think of this this might come as a shock to all of you but I do not listen to heavy music very often <laughs> but when I do it is a, an experience honestly it kind of blew me away um, I think this is some of the best like death metal metal vibe that I've ever really heard honestly I mean have I heard a lot of death metal? No, but I've heard some and, you know, it, it's a lot of it can sound like the same. You know, it's a lot of guitar, a lot of screaming. Um, but I also kind of thought that this was like a different kind of screaming. So, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I think I'm, I'm with you on this one, Em Rose. It's not usually something like that's why I said to Wayne at the store, what do I think of this? Because usually... It's 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 an obvious answer. Richie hates this. It's horrible. But for some reason, this just stood out as different from everything else. And I don't I, I don't know why, but it just did. And it was too, it was it, yeah. It's like you said, Emma. It was an experience. Yeah, I mean, I think the production was insane. Like, I was like really into that. And uh, sorry, I'm talking so much for the. Nice yeah, I mean, very much into it. Um, I would also listen to that again, but I mean, you have to be in a certain mood, I think. Um, I think it's so cool for people to like this to be their genre, like if you love metal. Um, but I don't know, it's it's very interesting. It makes me want to like learn more about the band. Mm, yeah, well, if um, our listeners are 
interested and our listeners like this also we'll leave links to these guys in the show notes you can go check them out on their socials and Spotify and Bandcamp and all that stuff so yeah go check them out very good wild card I thought thank fuck for that we've do a good one yeah yeah much better than uh all the religious phase we went through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that tricky religious phase. <laughs> okay, so that's the wild card over. We oh my god, we're moving on to the next section, which is the intense hardcore genre at musical challenge mode. Go. That was Neil auditioning for that band we just played, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, this is the Intense Hardcore Genre Musical Challenge Mode Go. Each week, we are challenged to go out and find a piece of music from a certain genre, from the Genre Bible, which has thousands of different genres in it. This week, we're challenged to go away and find a piece of music from the genre, which is uh, Ghetto House. So... I went away and I found an artist. I had a chat with her, brief chat, and we'll play some of her music. Uh, Wayne and I also did this thing that we've started doing where we go away and create a piece of music of our own in the same genre, or we try to. Um, so this is a bit of a head, to, another head-to-head, so it's Wayne against Richie. And uh, Wayne's done a piece of music in this genre as well. I've done a piece of music. Now, again... Before we play it, we get into it, I don't want emails from people telling me how shit it is. We know the music we do is shit. We do it in about the space of 90 minutes that we, we do it shit on purpose. But um, and that, that's what we're aiming for. So that when we do play our music, just enjoy it for what it is, a laugh. But, um, I'm all, but first I'm going to play a song from Lil Miz because she does this genre. And I need to load the song first. I can tell you a little bit about uh, about Ghetto House, if you like. Yes, you do that. You do that. Tell us a bit about Ghetto House. Right. So my my friends over there at Wikipedia uh, have told me that uh, Ghetto House is a sub-genre of house music and it grew in popularity about 1992, around about there, and it's famous for its minimal use of the 808 and 909 drum machines uh, and sometimes having very sexually explicit lyrics. Uh, it is derived from another section of house called the Club House, and it is sometimes known as Booty House. Um, artists include a guy called Paul Johnson, DJ Funk, and DJ Milton, and it's pretty much derived back from that, from Miami Bass and Ghetto Tech. That's that's pretty much all I could find out. I couldn't find out why it turned into Ghetto House, why they wanted to put sexualized lyrics in. I checked a few websites and I got sick of saying, I don't want to have your fucking cookies all over my, my phone. So I stopped. So I couldn't find out why why we've got Ghetto House in the world. I'm just assuming it's just one of those things where somebody went, oh, how about if we did this, these lyrics over the top of this thumping bass line? I'm guessing, but I couldn't tell you the reasons why. Did you not want adverts then telling you why there are over-sexualised lyrics in Ghetto House in the 90s? <laughs> is, that, is that why you rejected the cookies? I don't, I don't want that coming well, up. <laughs> well, we'll catch up, we'll catch up with this once, once Rich has played. Have we got an interview with this uh, little, little yeah, Miss? Yeah, so uh, it's, right. a, it's a brief interview with Little Miss um, and her, one of her tracks was DJ Rashid. Do you need to apologise for the sound quality? Uh, we had a few technical difficulties, but I did the best I could with the uh, edits, so... 
This is Little Miss 313. Is who this is. I am from the east side of Detroit. Um, I started listening to all the, the booty music at a young age. So I would always say, I can write some of this stuff. I can do this. But it was always a joke. So DJ Omega, I've been, we've been, I've known him since I was like, maybe like 13. I've known him a long time. So we were in the studio. We, he took me to my first movement festival and we went to DJ Godfather's house and I said some stuff in the mic and that's where my first song came from. And we were like, we, we should do an album. And that's where it started. And my sound, is, uh, it, it, it falls in the ghetto tech family. It's ghetto tech. But the lyrics that I use are, I guess, somewhat controversial. Because I say what a lot of women are thinking, but won't say. So I say it for them. Do you get, um, do you get like, any repercussions for the, for the lyrics? Do you get any backlash? Or do you get, like, a lot of praise? Because, you know, that it's kind of like people want to say what you're saying. So I'm thankful that someone's had the, the bollocks to, you know, s- say what they're thinking type thing. Or do you get a bit of both? Yes, I get a bit of both. I get the praise because, you know, like you said, people are, I'm saying what they want to say. And I do get the back, some backlash. It's not a lot, but some backlash because I have a daughter and people are like, would you let your daughter listen to that music? But my thing is, I'm not here to be a role model. I'm not here to govern what your kids listen to and what my kid listens to. I don't, I, well, I don't, I don't let her listen. Well, I didn't. She's older now. I didn't let her listen to my music. You have to do that, you know, on your own and watch what your kids are listening to. So I don't, I, I don't make music for kids, but my daughter doesn't listen to it. Okay, and your music—you call it uh, boot, booty tech. Um, I—I'm not gonna lie; I've never heard of it up until now, and I've been listening to a lot of it through uh, different playlists. And uh, how, how would you say? I've never sounded so British ever. Uh, <laughs> so, you, so you call it booty tech? <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> that your music differs from other say other house music or other styles of tech mainly because it's from a female perspective because the that genre is all male it's mostly males then sometimes they'll have you know like female guests i guess make doing their hooks so you know to use a female voice on their song but 99 percent of the music is male so my music is different because I'm the only female doing the music like this. Okay. And uh, how long would you say you've been doing this? Since 2008. Okay, so you've been doing it a while then. Uh-huh. And do you do, is it something that you take out on the, you know, in the clubs? Do you, do you perform this live or is it just a studio thing? No, it's just a studio thing. I, um, I don't do any performance. I host some events. And I've hosted and I've performed that movement. But other than that, no, I don't do performances in the club. Because most of my music, like from the, the beginning of music, it's like hooks. So it's like, how do you really perform songs with just like hooks? But the later songs, they do have verses. Yeah, I was looking at your name. You've got a uh, little Miss 313. Is the 313 like a, a postal code type thing? It's the... Detroit area 
Lovely. Um, and if our listeners, uh, we'll, we'll play one of your tracks, of course. If our listeners want to find you and listen to more of your stuff, or yeah, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram. I am um, to my music. I am on Bandcamp. They can just look for my name on Bandcamp. SoundCloud, Facebook, I'm everywhere. Cool, and we'll obviously we'll leave all the links and everything in the show notes. We're going to play one of your songs, a song, uh, well, one of your tracks, a track of your choice. Um, what track would you recommend we play? And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Um, let's see. Let's play. Huh? That's a good one. I don't know because <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> I love them all. Okay, let's play. Hit it hard. The DJ Rashad remix. I hold that one close to my heart. Is there like a message behind the song or? No. It's, I, I no. Love song it's just a groove. Yes. Yes. Oh, 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 oh,
So that was Lil Miz, Lil Miz with Lil Miz 313 and uh, the DJ Rashid um, remix of Hit It Hard. Uh, she's been doing it since 2008. You can listen to two uh, people now who've been doing it for 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> and honest to God, I was laughing during that the playing of that song because all, all I could think of was Wayne's song. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I'm going to play yours first, Wayne. And when I do play mine, and Rose, you might want to cover your ears I don't want to I, I, don't, I don't want to tang it oh, have, you, have you fully leaned into the genre kind of because I tried to circumvent it because I got sick my, to death mine's of... quite naughty and I feel like I'm gonna like um, uh, yeah it's, anyway okay I'm I, play, hang on be, you know, hang on before you get, hang on hang on hang on hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> before we before we, what's your what's your take on the genre Rich because you obviously listen to a lot of this the same as I I like house music I like deep house music um, this I'm not going to lie it, I didn't think it was bad but it wasn't it wasn't for me um, but yeah I, I found it interesting I enjoyed speaking to Lil Miz um, mm. I appreciate what they do it's not my genre though personally I, I'm the same I like the house music I enjoyed making the house music the lyrics of some of the ones I listened to were just like wow you make that rap song by Cardi B look very sedate affair you really do <laughs> you know sort of yeah. thing it was one of those moments so yeah I enjoyed that song though that, I thought that was good yeah that was good that comes out of the club I'm, I'm you know I'm throwing my coffee everywhere so so Wayne tell us about you I mean we've, I've even titled mine this week I've Oh wow! Yeah, it's called Jizz Bomb. <laughs> you, beat, you, oh, you beat me on the on the name. I think you are. So uh, tell us about your song then first. So time. so my song is called um, "What's a Rapper's Favorite Color," and <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you all about this at the end. But uh, it's called "What's, What's a Rapper's Favorite Color," and I try to circumvent um, the genre and try to be a bit more respectful. And I just thought it'd be quite funny if we did the opposite. <laughs> we did the, we did the complete opposite of what they do in in um, in uh, booty tech and ghetto house music. So that's what my take is on this. Are you excited, Emrose? You have no idea. I'm like <laughs> sitting here being like, I cannot wait to hear this. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna think, but I'm excited about it. Just just bear in mind. One take for these lyrics. I, I, was it? How many tracks is yours, Wayne? How many tracks? Um, fourteen. I think I beat yeah. I think I, I, maybe I think mine was about. I don't know. There was a few fucking tracks, but yeah. yeah. Okay, so this is this is your song. What what's a rapper's favorite color? By Wayne Saunders. His oh no, it's, it's no no. It's William Sanderson. What? William Sanderson. That's who this is by. I'm going to the alias for this one. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh baby, I respect the hell out of ya. You make me wanna make a six-figure salary. All those other girls, they mean nothing. I just love you. I'm gonna treat you so right, you'll take me home to your family every night. You'll let me take you to church on a Sunday. But I don't need God, cause I got you, baby. That's all the religion I need in my life. I'll take you to the Bahamas. I'll take you to Paris. I'll 
got the Commonwealth Games, you know. They've also got a sweet, sweet Nando's. And when all the chicken's gone, all that's left is the sauce. You'll say, honey, meet me in the car park. Get out of the way, Mobis, get in my car, Mobis, get out of the way, take off your pants and dance, Mobis, get out of the way, Mobis, get out of the floor, Mobis, get in my car, take off your pants and dance, Mobis, get out of the way, Mobis, get off the floor, Mobis, get in my car, take off your pants and dance, Mobis, get out of the way, Mobis, get in my car, Mobis, take off your pants and dance, dance, Mobis, get out of the way, Mobis, get in my car. I want to make a six-figure salary for you. (laughs) (laughs) I want to take you to Birmingham. (laughs) I I mean, it was educational. I didn't know Birmingham had the Commonwealth Games. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, trust me. We don't fucking want it. <laughs> that is that was that was not what I expected, but it was it was incredible every second of it. I think it might be our best one that's been done. So you didn't oh, yet. Oh. Did, did you get it by the way? What's a rapper's favourite colour? No. Mauve, no. bitch, get out of the way. Oh, was it Mauve? No. Fuck me, Mauve. bitch. Mauve? Yeah. Mauve. I'm just going to... Um, I've got to thank... Uh, I went to a festival last year and we had this fantastic... Um, comedy uh, musical act on stage and I stole that that line from him because it was fucking brilliant so yeah the act was called Christopher from Stuttgart and it was fucking hilarious and that was one of the jokes that had me in tears so uh, the minute this I'm came so up sorry. I thought I've got to use it you have to release that like that is, <laughs> that is pure gold do not use a synonym like do not use a fake Studio. name just go for it like I I I am so that will be viral like I swear to god um, I really don't want to play mine now. I've said before, though, we should, like, for the sake of 20 quid a year or whatever it is to distro kid or whoever, we should have, um, you know, just a, a you haven't heard this music podcast artist name and just put stuff on Spotify and everywhere else. Why not? Because you two are amazing and ridiculous. I feel, I feel, because <laughs> Matt's playing mine now, and Rose, he's like a delicate fan. I feel like I'm going to defile her with this song. <laughs> There's nothing I haven't heard before, it's okay. Oh, oh, okay, oh, so I'm going to play mine now, and I, mine's called Jizz Bomb. Oh, wow. Wait a okay, so this is, I do apologise in advance, I just went with the genre. Hi, Pedro here. Oh, why H-H-T-M-P-C Genie? Due to the rude and disgusting nature of Rich's song, he decided to just have the instrumental version for the final edit of the podcast. However, if you do insist on listening to this depraved and somewhat worrying piece of shit, we will be releasing it on our Patreon. www.patreon.com slash yhhtmpc.
on by Richie. Oh, oh my god. my god. Oh my god, that's all I have to say. <laughs> Was that a political statement? (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, wow. Um, Serious uh, question. Are are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I was thinking to myself, like, does this guy have some kind of dysfunction? (laughs) (laughs) Is everything all right? I just went went with the genre. (laughs) Sat down. I know exactly what happened. You, you, you got your music ready and you just went, what screams dirty sex? Jeez. And ran with it. I love it. That's completely my, I'll be that's my thing. I'll honest with you. I did the music, put all the music together and then that I just, I had no lyrics. I just, I just, played, I just, that was all ad lib. It was just ad lib. I just went for it. And that, whatever came out, it came out, and that is what came out. I should probably have spent just as much time on the lyrics as I did the music, but I didn't. It certainly did come out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. I had oh, to do that. M Rose. Oh, wow. <laughs> we all know what came out, don't we? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Mate, after all that, I hope you went and had some like salt water to replace all the sodium, you know what I mean? Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, hey. what, what, what I'd like to say, though, is um, musically, uh, you are both very talented. <laughs> These are good songs, okay. albeit with um, very odd. You could have mastered that myself. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mastered the music or the art of. Anyway, I mean it's oh. not really it's not really a competition, but did either of you have a favourite? Um, they were I mean, both unique in their own way. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that they both encapsulated. I mean, I've never really heard of Ghetto House before, but like, no. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, so I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> I mean, you guys did have a comedic take on it but it was different you know so it's it's, it's, it's a toss-up and i wish i'd used a different phrase but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a toss-up because you've got i want to make a hundred grand a year for you versus um what was actually an amazing bit of production in richie's where it did that kind of dark synthy thing where he stopped talking about jizz for a minute and musically it was brilliant and i don't know what wins out to be honest with you <laughs> i can't actually pick a winner but i'm very impressed <laughs> it's scary, scary to me how comfortable I was doing this genre. To be honest, oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I would show the second one to my parents, but uh, you know, it's, it's no. a good time. My mother loved it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> right, I mean, that's the, okay. That's the best possible reaction after what you said you did to her, because if she didn't like it, you'd be in all sorts of trouble. Let's move on. Let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. Okay, <sighs> so. Go check Tom. out little. Go check out little Miss. Um, I'll leave links to her music in the show notes. Go show some love. <clears throat> We've got uh, one more section left. Oh, and hang on. The, we have to choose a genre the... for next time, fruit. Oh, oh yes. God. Emrose, <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, you want to choose a letter from one to ten? <laughs> my goodness, a letter from one to ten <laughs> every week. Derek, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, choose a, a letter from A to Z. Z because oh, you're American. Ah, like, uh, yes, Battle of Z and Z. Um, okay, 
Well, I'm going to say. Hmm, I'm going to say Q. Of course you are. What? What does that mean? <laughs> it means people always choose Q because it's going to be an obscure genre. And it usually is. I want to give you as much pain as possible. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Um, there can't be many. There's probably only about three or four. There's about seven, but four of them we've already done. That's what I mean. People I love to. I could pick. Yeah. I can pick. No, no. Letters. I mean, okay. just chip. How uh, I many say we've got there? Four. Three or four. We have. We've got three left. We have. Okay, choose a number from one to three. Then. Hmm. I'm going to say two. Okay. I'm going to have to Google this, people. Um, wow. There's, oh, no dis- no. there's no description next to this. <coughs> it is a genre. It is a genre called quadrille. Wow. Never heard of quadrille? that. Quadrille? No. I think I've heard of quadrille. No way. I think, wow. I think it's classical. Really? Yeah, I, think, I think you're right. Oh, you're, qu- you're classical, yeah. kind of, aren't you, Rose? I, I know what a quadrille is. It's what like is when four people dance... Um, it, it's like a very uh, it was like popular in the 18th century so like the 1700s it's very um, very interesting okay I'm excited to hear this yeah it's, it's like yeah, a so dance got a, are, we, are we gonna so we've got a video of dance so it's the quadrille yeah the quadrille is a dance that was fashionable in the late 18th to 19th century Europe uh, and its colonies the quadrille consists of a chain of four to six quad quadra dances uh, laterally uh, the quadrille was f- uh, sorry laterly the quadrille was frequently danced to a melody of opera melodies uh, sorry a medley of opera melodies that doesn't translate to a music genre though does it really no um, it really doesn't sh- should we, should we cho- choose a different one I think I think you know you know what this sort of dancing is, don't you? It's kind of like what you see in like Emma, uh, in like a Jane Austen's Emma, or Pride and Prejudice, that, that is sort of thing. That's my favorite yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. That's when they dance in like, the I hall, can, like, I literally, I can hear it. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got lines of people that dance down the centre, like that's the one. Yeah, like <laughs> it's, imagine harpsichord music, Rich. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to choose a different genre? I don't think that's possible for you guys. I'm so sorry. I mean, sorry. it's possible, like, but it's, how dare you? It's um, not going to be good. <laughs> but there's no, like, there's no vocals. It's all no, just, it's like... Not. Okay, choose a different like, letter than an M, Rose. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with one a little bit easier. I'm going to say R. Okay. R. How many pages? A quadrillion. Hey, two. Two pages, so choose a page number, uh, page number and a number from one to say, what, 30? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go so, with one. Page one, yeah. And I'm going to say 19. Oh, Christ. That's what I want. Oh, uh, fuck it now. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to say this. Uh, right, okay. It's called uh, Rasguido Doble. Uh, what? Uh, fucking hell. Okay. Um, can you can wow. you spell it out for me so I can write it down? R A S G U I D O D O B U I D O O D O B L E D O B L E. Yeah, it's from the 1940s. And it's, it also I think, looks like a dance. It's a bit Spanish, I feel. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's like a Spanish dance music. Interesting. Oh, wow. 
the, the album covers I've got coming up here. Are, uh, I saw it's accordion music-y type stuff. I fucking would we'll do this yes. one. We'll go, yeah. we'll go for this one. If, if nothing else, I'll just find an artist, talk to them and... Uh, yeah. Whatever. So on the next one, we'll be going with Ross Garrido. Do- do- I think he's Doble. Well, Doble have a listen to some playlists, and yeah. if you fancy doing the music or the, uh, give it I'll, a I'll always, I'll always have a go. Ross Guido Doble, I, I believe so. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. So that's what we'll be doing for the next episode. Right, uh, we've got two more sections left. We've got the history section, and then we're going to chat with Em Rose about what she's been up to and uh, her latest release so this is the history section hello everybody welcome back to the i don't know much about history section of the show this is episode 13 and on episode 13 good evening woodstock Oh, more of the cases. Good morning, Woodstock. Uh, on episode 13, we'll be talking about what keeps me up at night. Um, and basically, I went to bed thinking one night, because we're in festival season, who was the first band who played Woodstock? Because we all know Jimi Hendrix played. We all know that um, Grateful Dead played and those sort of bands. But who, who was the band that opened it? And that's, that's what I decided to research this week. So um, it's a band called Sweetwater. And... They opened with the song Motherless Child. Uh, now, the general consensus is that after solo artist Richie Havens played, um, Sweetwater took to the stage and they opened their set with Motherless Child. Sweetwater um, was an unusual band for the late 70s because it was all flute, cello, congas, keyboard, drums, no guitar in that band at all. The seven people made up Sweetwater, Nancy Nevins on vocal, Albert Moore on flute and vocals, August Burns on cello, Alex Del Zoppo on keyboard, Fred... Uh, Harari on bass and El, well, okay, El Padillo Kobian on congas and Alan Malarowitz? 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 Oh, I can't read that, sorry. M A L A R O W I T Z on drums. Um, Sweetwater missed out on being the opening band uh, because they were stuck in traffic on their way into the festival. Uh, the festival was at Max uh, Yasker's Dairy Farm in Bethnal, New York. And it was a, it was housing four hundred thousand people, and they got stuck in traffic on the way in. Um, Sweetwater are from New York, as I said, and they perform to uh, like local coffee houses and stuff like that. In, sorry, they're from LA, uh, in LA, and things like that. And they are the early, early pioneers of psychedelic folk rock fusion, and they regularly toured with the Doors. Not, not unsurprising, really, is it? Uh, the song Motherless, Motherless Child is a song which dates back to slavery, uh, the slavery era uh, of American history, and uh, the same year as Woodstock. Nancy Nevins was involved in a car accident which left her in a coma for 10 days uh, with a brain injury. Uh, she also suffered damage to her vocal cords and after a tracheotomy to save her life, she never really completed another album or a full album with the band again. And now there are only three surviving members uh, of Sweetwater. Nancy, uh, Nevins, um, Herrera and Del Zoppo. And they reunited for Woodstock in 1994. So this is Sweetwater and their song Motherless Child.
Uh, so that was uh, Motherless Child by Sweetwater. Uh, that's really all I've got to tell you about that. It was just one of those things that popped in my head as I was drifting off to sleep. Who who opened or which band opened Woodstock? And now you know, Sweetwater it is. Uh, Richie, what do you think? Um, had I not been told this was Sweetwater, I would have sworn that it was Jefferson Aeroplane. I know exactly what song you're going to smelt a lot like that but this this, um, <clears throat> this this had more like jazzy inflections in it um yeah. the the I'm, I'm gonna assume this has been remastered because there was some interesting production in that that i don't think they'd have been able to achieve in the 60s yeah it's been remastered to death yeah but great song though great song sorry Emma, I, was, I interrupted you what was you saying no i was just about to say the same thing it's so funny i mean i love jefferson airplane um i mean like in the first iteration jefferson airplane um and you know um their performance in woodstock where they did white rabbit is like i've seen it millions of times i just think of it as like one of the most iconic performances of all time so um you know it definitely gave me so much of the same vibes i mean it makes sense it was the same the same uh festival so yeah very cool I suppose the thing is, Motherless Child is, you know, it's a reworking of a song from, you know, the 17th, 18th century. So is White Rabbit just the same? It's a reworking of the same sort of rhythm with the different, you know, inflection, a different story to tell. Mm. Like that's, that's the sort of thing. Either way, I thought it was, a, I thought it was an interesting story and I'm, I'm glad I found it. And now I know who, who opened Woodstock. Yeah, Mike. Well, first of all, I love Sweetwater. I think they're fantastic, and they remind me, um, interestingly, of Jefferson Airplane. I was going to say, but that's been done. Uh, and also Jethro Tull because of the flute, probably. Um, I really like them, but I have actually. I don't want to. I, I get a bit geeky with this, um, uh, if I may. Sweetwater didn't actually open Woodstock, and I'll tell you why. They were supposed to, and they were stopped by police on the way to the festival, along with actually a few other artists, and a guy called Richie Havens had to come and fill in for them. And then, I mean, I thanks for listening, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know they say, did you say that? Yeah, yeah, it's not like, it's not the, the first thing I said, not at all, no, thanks, uh, mate. I didn't need to say that at all, because I was going to say, like, hey... But um, anyway, I, so I have a, I absolutely love Woodstock, and I'm sort of every time anyone mentions it, I'm gutted I wasn't there because you've got Canned Heat, Grateful Dead, Janice Joplin, all these amazing people um, playing different parts of Woodstock. I've got to be honest, it looks like fucking hell on earth to me. Oh, it just sounds so good. Yeah, I'm that so whole... happy I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I just would have had the best weekend ever. Um, and there was the whole thing there was a thunderstorm wasn't there on the Sunday and oh my god really and the late. mud no thank yeah. you yeah but Jimi Hendrix ended up playing at something like 9 o'clock in the morning to half the crowd alright let's, let's talk about this let's talk about this then Mike right 400,000 people 1960s PA kit are you going to yeah. hear a single fucking thing anybody plays? <laughs> you don't go, well, well who knows? <laughs> At least it was better than Woodstock 99. Oh, Christ. We don't talk about Woodstock 99. That was rather, <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about that. Um, oh, uh, that yeah. Well, that's a future episode, that one. And that, that one will be all about Woodstock, because that's got a shady past, unfortunately. Something <laughs> happened in, to festivals in the 90s. Everybody lost their fucking minds and decided to fucking kill each other and shit. <laughs> horrendous. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I love Sweetwater, and it's, I think that's amazing. And I'm delighted you played it, and I didn't hear you say that thing in the first line. So. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought I was listening pretty hard. 
Well, never mind. Uh, and and Emro, so I mean, you've already told us everything you wanted to say, really, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything yeah. to add? No, I read. I love hearing about Woodstock. It makes me want to like watch another documentary about it. Oh, you know what? I've never seen Woodstock. The uh, was it like a seven-hour film? Is it seven-hour documentary? Mm. It's a fair old. Yeah, it's a fair old. Um, it's a fair old chunk and it's really hard to get hold of as well I think it's like an old Criterion collection so it's one of those you can't really freely get I could be completely wrong and somebody's going to at me on Twitter and go you're a fucking idiot yeah you can hear it is but you know at the last time I checked it was not easily accessible anyway I don't think uh, it is because I had a mate who had it on a um, uh, some cracked copy of something or whatever that I can't remember what it's called and that's the only reason I've seen it I don't think it's very easy to get hold of uh, Rich, have we heard what you wanted to say? Have you said anything? Yeah, I've said Jeff yeah. Snare playing. It was a great song. It had jazz inflections and shit like that. Yeah, Mike totally threw me by just not listening. I'm really sorry, honestly. I don't know, I don't know what I was... Maybe I was opening my beer and the hissing sound covered. I don't know. Uh, do you want to hear what next one's called? It's called, I do like to stroll upon the prom, prom, prom. Okay. Any ideas? No. No, Wayne. Have to tune in next time to find out what that's all about then. So that was... I uh, don't know much about history. You can edit this bit out if you want, Rich. But did I see that uh, Nancy Nevins had emailed us earlier? Oh shit, she didn't, did she? She did, yeah. I, I was trying to get, I was, I was trying to get an interview with her uh, for, the, for the for the section. I mean, if you want to, it's too late now. I mean, I, the... I, can, I can put it in post edit. Yeah, interview her after the fact and put it in there. You know what I mean? It's fucking Nancy yeah. Nevins. Mm. It's, uh, I saw I it and I nearly shit myself this afternoon when I saw it and I was like holy fucking hell have you actually read the message <laughs> yeah yeah was she interested she said yeah I'm up for it <laughs> really do you want really? to do it then Wayne uh, not really mate this is on you uh, she said sure I'd be happy to Oh shit! I better get back to her then. All right, that, that's, that's uh, and quite there a you go. Deal. Sorry, sorry. Just just to clarify, at the bottom of Nancy Nevins's email, it says lead singer, songwriter, and one of the original founders of Sweetwater, the first band to be played at Woodstock. Right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, what an episode to be on, Emrose. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was the uh, the, gen- the the genre. That was the history section. Good history section there, Wayne. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to edit the interview into that, but I'm sure I'll work it out. Hi, Pedro. The YHHTMPC genie here again. Richie did get to speak with Nancy Nevins of Sweetwater. The sound quality isn't brilliant, but it's worth listening to just to hear this living legend tell her story. Been look, I've been watching a lot of your stuff uh, over the past week. It's quite monumental for me. Like I say, yeah, you come from an era uh, of music where to be famous, you had to be good. You know, you had to be really good. Yes. Otherwise, yeah, you had to stand out. I'm not saying yes. all the artists today are bad because they're not all bad, but it's so much easier today in this day and age to become famous for literally doing nothing. You had to work hard to get to where you got to. And uh, so uh, your, your name, Nancy, uh, in different places on the internet, it's Nancy with an I. And then I got your email and it's Nancy with a with a Y. Was it, like a, was it a stage thing that you did to yes. put the I on the end? I just did it a long time ago. when I, I think I was in high school when I did it. It was just um, to be different. Nobody was doing it then. Not yeah, it, does, it, did, it did. You know, it did look cool, didn't it? Because <laughs> no, nobody else would have had an eye on the end if they were called Nancy. So it did stand out. Oh, they do. 
so yeah, Nancy, like I said, we're we, well, we're a podcast about listening to music by listening to artists usually. So this is a bit different, but it, we, we kind of give a platform for good artists. And in in the podcast, we have like a history section, and we've been looking at Woodstock, and obviously, yes. uh, Sweetwater. You were yes. you were meant to be the first band, the first first people to play but you were delayed and you ended up being second is that right no we were the first band but we were the third act the first act was richie havens the second act was swami satchitanada both of them are dead now and then the third act was us okay yeah, so you were, yeah, you were the first band. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of different stories all over the internet, and that's why I'm really enjoying this, and I'm getting it firsthand from the person who was there. And, uh, I mean, it was such a long time ago. Um, do, do, you, do you remember much of Woodstock, or is it like all a blur no. now? It's, 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 I don't remember much. I remember scenes. You know how you remember scenes from your life? Yeah. Just odd little moments. Uh, that's all I have now. Did you know at the time that what you were doing was going to be as monumental as what it was? Did you realize how big no. of an event it was going to be? Well, I remember that we were very stunned by the sight of the crowd. From the yeah. stage, the crowd was huge. They were seen anything like it. And there was, what, like 400,000 people there? Yeah, all the way as far as the eye could see. There were people, and yeah. that was that was shocking. But that is the only idea of what are we doing here and what is this? And <laughs> nobody had, you know, it, it was basically kind of annoying Woodstock because it was very chaotic. Yeah, I can imagine. And um, like my, my friend said when we were recording the podcast, because uh, one one of my co-hosts said he'd love to have been there. It'd have been amazing. And my other co-host said, "No, it'd have been a, it'd have been a nightmare. It would have been awful." Can you imagine all those people and the sixties PA system? You probably wouldn't have heard anything. What well, I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> so it's not, it's not as glamorous as uh, the, the movies. Oh. And people made, no. made it out to be. Yes. Uh, no, oh, it was not glamorous at all. Are you glad you did it? Well, now I am, because <laughs> that is forever with us. We'll always be the first band. That will never change. I was watching some of the clips. So it's, there's, there's like it's, like, it's a bit grainy now. But I was watching some of the video clips, and it's it did it did look amazing. And you you considered yourself to be the the sound test, didn't you? Well, that was a joke that Fred made. Fred was our bass player and our leader, and he okay. said we were the sound check for stuff. <laughs> we might have been. I don't know. We've learned a lot since then. We learned a lot from a guy who made a. It was Andy Zacks, and he said they were, in fact, like there was a truck off to the side where they were experimenting with what does this do, what does that do, holding up the ends of wires, wondering what that, and meanwhile, we're on stage going, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't suppose you'll ever forget the memory of seeing that crowd for the first time. I think that 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 that's one of those things that probably does stick with you, I'd imagine. It does stick with me, but what really sticks with me is the memory 
of the journalist, photojournalist at my feet. That really sticks to me. That had never, ever, E-V-E-R, ever happened before. I mean, these guys, of course, it was August in New York, so everybody was sweating. And they were sitting on shoulders with these big cameras, like snake eyes, and we had to sing to the camera. I had never done anything like that before. Wow. That never, ever happened before. We were always used to fans being at our feet. (laughs) We're not fans. We're photojournalists. Wow. And you were only 19 at the time, weren't you? Yes. So that must have been really scary. Well, I want to say that it was, but I kind of just went, I'm a survivor, so I just went into survival mode. (laughs) You know, we had to. We had a show to do. Show must go on. Yeah. And we did a lot of it by rote. How did you guys originally get together? Well, we met just like the, the story. It was a very romantic meeting. I was actually kind of stoned, and I was coming home. <laughs> it was a Tuesday night. I was driving my little car home from Hollywood. I was on Melrose, and I wandered into a coffee house, and there they were. A few of them were jamming, and I started singing with them. That was very romantic. Wow. We all had a good time, and they really liked it. And I was singing Motherless Child. I've been singing that song for years. And uh, It's a beautiful song. They were playing a, it is beautiful. And they were playing two chords, and it worked. So uh, then I just left because I was done, <laughs> you know, selfish. But I just left. And and. Alex, the keyboard player, started looking for me. He found me, you know, by buzz, but, you know, the buzz, kind of, you know, so and so and so and so. So he found me and he called me and he reminded me of that night and asked me to join the band. So there were 26 of them at the time. And they were called Jay Walker and the Pedestrians. Become kind of a common name now, every town has one. But at the time, they were the brainchild of a guy named Bob Barbosa. And he had this idea for world music, which even that term wasn't invented yet. Fusion mm. wasn't invented yet. But this guy had that idea. And he put together all these musicians. Crazy, nobody could even speak to each other. <laughs> and uh, But we shared the language of music. And, uh, you know, he got all these people together. And I don't know, somehow, we played a gig. We played at the, at the time it was called the Hullabaloo in Hollywood. But anyway, the airplane was there and the Springfield were there. And, you know, it was a big show. And I thought, well, that's nice. But I didn't really want to join up. Later, what happened was eight of those people, the 26 that Bob Barbosa had got together, decided to be serious. And they broke away from Bob Barbosa. And they set up in Alex's parents' kitchen. And his parents lived in an old-fashioned little house with a TV radio repair shop attached to it. And we rehearsed in the living room. So it was just a little place, a little tiny place. And uh, we were born. And that, that was, you know, you started by talking about how people had to be good. They did. And those guys were brilliant. Oh, my God. They were so very, very good. 
I've, just watching them, you can, you can see the talent. And I think, it was, you know, it was different back then. Now, when I speak to bands and artists they, and I ask them about their influences, it's like they harken back to people like yourself or Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the Stones. But back then, you didn't really have people to... I mean, for your style of music, no, nobody was doing it. You You were... The only people doing it, so you, you couldn't say, "Oh, I take my sound from so and so or so and so." You were the creators, you were the innovators, and it's difficult to find talent like that today. And yeah, I mean, who would you say that you would have taken inspiration from for that sound? Because it really was completely different to anything else around at the time. It was, and what inspired me personally was. I was, I've been doing folk and soul music for a long, long time. And one of the guys in Sweetwater also played a lot of soul music. And there was a classical trained guy, a couple of classical trained guys, and a couple of jazzers. And we put it all together. And we actually were fusion before that term was even invented. So everybody contributed their background to the sounds that we made. For example, I was one of the songwriters, so the songs I brought in were pretty basic, but they added layers of their uh, fancy, and it worked. You know, I'm very proud of the band, and I always have been. And I'm sad to say they don't have a very good opinion of themselves, but I do. (laughs) So, you know, it's a... no, most oh, artists are their their own worst critic at the end uh, most of the time. So yeah, yeah. I mm. think they're really wonderful. I really do. I've never found a better better support. You also toured with the Doors, didn't you? Many times, many times we either headlined over them or they headlined with us. Wow, it was very funny. <laughs> and they, you know, they were. Uh, they were very interesting, but um, there's so much hype in, in show business that uh, sometimes you can't tell, you know, what's good or what, what's bad. What, was your, what would you say was your biggest takeaway from your time on the road with The Doors? Something that your best memory, maybe? Oh, my best memory of them was probably the solos by the, the uh, keyboard player. Okay, and uh, what was Jim? What was Jim Morrison like uh, in real life? Because I know, obviously, but what you saw on the TV and through the media was a lot of the time. And well, I, because a, because that you know it, it it was a stage show, wasn't it? Well, it all was, but he was he was quite a, quite a ladies' man. He was a real <laughs> player, and, and he loved drugs. Yeah, which was quite prevalent yeah. back then, anyway. Well, they were they were surprisingly among the artists quite a lot of although the band, Sweetwater, we had like half and half. We had like drinkers and we had some druggies, but uh, we were usually pretty sober. There were a lot of bands that were kind of sober but would act drunk. For example, the mothers of invention sometimes would act a little drunk because they were kind of wacky looking, but they were very sober. Oh. Very sober. 
And uh, I know, I know, you probably don't want to name drop, but uh, what kind of acts did you have? You have you played alongside? Actually, we shared the bill with just about everybody. You have to remember <laughs> that at the time, uh, the '60s. That's all people did. They went from concert to concert to concert, and these festivals popped up everywhere, all over the country, and uh, everybody shared the same bill. We played many times with Hendrix. Led Zeppelin, The Doors, Janice, The Airplane, Santana. I remember when this young guitar player came into our dressing room at the Fillmore West and he said, he pointed at Pete Congas and he said, I'm going to try that someday. And that was <laughs> Carlos Santana. You know? Wow. And so that was, a, you know, I mean, it was a long time ago, but, you know, there, we, we played with all the people that are now considered legends. Yeah, that considered great. Played with all of them. Wow, the such Except good Beatles. We even played with the Rolling Stones, but we didn't play with the Beatles. The be- uh, yeah, you I uh, hear you're a big fan of the Beatles. I remember uh, listening to an interview you did, and you was talking about listening to um, "Come to Get Together in the Car." Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> me, me, my, me, my. Uh, we got like a co- I, I was in the covers band with a few old guys, and um, yeah, we used to play that one. Good, it's a really good song. It's a really good song. Very simple, very straightforward. Yeah, hopefully, I might be if all goes well. I might be speaking to Ringo in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes. But um, wow. yeah, I'd love to meet a Beatle. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be nice. Did you ever meet them? Well, yeah. Yeah, I have met Ringo a couple times, and um, you may not remember that, but I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I didn't meet him in a musical sense. I met him somewhere else. Okay. Um, and over all the time that you did music with all the artists that you met, and what would you say was your fondest memory out of all of it? I think one of my best memories is uh, a festival we played in Miami with Paul Butterfield Blues Band. There were a lot of people there. It was in Miami, Miami Pop. And uh, that was one of my favorite, favorite gigs ever. Wow. See, most people would think you would say Woodstock. No. No. I I had a terrible time at Woodstock. (laughs) I really did. It's funny. Nancy, I'm not going to take any more of your time, but I just want to say thank you so much for taking this time out for me. Like I say, I've always been fascinated with Woodstock and the artists that play there, and I always want to I'd, I'd love to talk to somebody who has been there, but to actually speak to somebody who's not just there but played, it's an absolute honour. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Richie. You're very kind. Uh, let me give you one more thing before we go. I'm one of five women. There are only five women who played at Woodstock. And I'm one of two that are still alive. The other one is Melanie. She was a singer-songwriter. She played on Saturday. And the rest are retired or dead. So there you go. Let's hope you have many more years left. I'd like to see you do, and I think it was 2019, you did a a reunion. We did a reunion in 2000, actually. We made a oh, was it 2000? CD called Live at Last. Yeah. It's okay. called Live at Last. And uh, we recorded it in 2000 or about 2000. Yeah, was it 2000 or 2005? I can't remember. It but was a really it was good gig, though. Live at Last. 
Well, it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was actually. It's actually very good. So, Which is um, nice because it shows that even though the band did split up, it wasn't like a a horrible thing. It was, you know, just, just something that obviously happened over time and you were still all good with each other. Well, people died, which made a big difference. So yeah, I can we imagine. lost about half the band to death. So we had to replace those guys, but we did. We even went back east a couple of years ago for a Woodstock festival. and. We had to find another cello player and flute player. We did, and they were wonderful. And Fred wrote charts for them. And Fred, of course, is a classical trained musician. He wrote yeah. charts for them, and they had a ball because the she music said- is good. This has been one of those moments. I don't know if you ever watched Wayne's World, but there's a scene in yeah. Wayne's World where Wayne and Garth meet. Um, oh, what was I- his name? He, he sang Poison. Oh, I don't. Oh, I know what you mean. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Yeah. So yeah. So they meet Alice Cooper and they bow down and they say, "We're not worthy. We're (laughs) not worthy." And this feels like that kind of moment for me. I feel like I should be bowing down, saying, "I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy." So thank you so much for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. And uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Bless you and uh, all the best. Back at you, Richie. Um, quite exciting then actually so we, we, we all on. react as if we've heard the interview See. I can't believe that we got to speak to her that is amazing wow is Absolutely. I am oh. freaking out <laughs> what a legend what a total legend <laughs> it's probably probably the biggest band celebrity we've ever had on the podcast yeah okay anyway let Whatever. We're going to move on to our final section. God, she's in the same episode as you saying jizz and me saying I want to make a six filler oh salary. Shit. <laughs> wow. Shit. Imagine she listens to it back and is like, what did I say yes to? But in a good way. Wait, what do we say then, Rose? We're legends. You are legends. It's all in context, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's all good. Right, most of the, all this will be edited out anyway. We're moving on to our final section now. Our final section, which is the artist spotlight. Thank you for joining us again and taking time out. You've been with us so far, 110 minutes. Oh, my God. It's gone quick, though, hasn't it? <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, mm. having a lot of fun. It has been fun. So, Emma, since the last time you were on, which is probably about a week ago, because, you, you know, <laughs> what, what, what have you been up to? What's new? Yeah, I mean, it is summer. Um, it is incredibly hot outside. I bet, like, y'all in the UK are really feeling it, though. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've been working on music a lot. I'm writing so much new material, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, I'm, like, really working on a lot. My new single came out um, a few days ago on Friday, so that's very exciting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing the damn thing. I'm really uh, focusing on music full-time, which is really cool. Mm, I see you're getting about New York a lot. You, you, you're really into your fashion, aren't you? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm really into, you know, fashion and uh, beauty and just like exploring New York City. I mean, I've it's just so fun to live here. Um, every day is an adventure. Oh, you haven't been, you haven't been around Dudley. Oh. We've got the Commonwealth Games, you know. <laughs> really? It's, it's a lot shitter than it sounds. Uh, Emrose, have you got anything to tell us about New York? Because every time you come on, we find something new. Do you remember the time we we found out about the steam? That the was steam. I was. I, I. You know, it's so funny. I was walking with a friend who just moved from Canada today, and I was telling him about the steam. So you know, like. Of just passing the New York knowledge on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was explaining to people the concept of Staten Island, which is a very much lesser known borough of New York City. Yes, mm. Staten Island. Got Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, Staten. Um, is there something called the Battery? <laughs> That's in Manhattan, yes. That's in Manhattan. It's a neighborhood, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a big it's a big place, and I I, I always thought you know you watch the films, you see the steam. I just thought it was added there for effect. I didn't <laughs> realise that all the all the buildings. Yeah, I just thought uh-huh. you know, it adds ambiance to the film. Oh, it but does. Now, yeah, it, like powers and heats all the buildings. It's it does. Steam. That's so it's true. It's been there since the like early nineteen hundreds, but uh, the, the, that's not music. Uh, so to tell yeah. us about tell us about your new single. Yeah, um, it's called The Feelings Mutual, and it's streaming on all platforms. Um, I really like this song. I wrote it, honestly, it's, it must be like two years now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't put it out sooner. But I mean, I think today's, I mean, this week is the right time to put it out to the world. Um, it's all about like toxic friendships and kind of like, you know, saying that, you know, I feel like there's, it's quite easier to break up with somebody rather than like with a friend, especially if you've been friends for so long. Um, but, you know, when people are just so toxic in your life and they criticize your every move and, you know, it's nothing but negativity, then I think it's a lot better to let go of those people rather than like feeling obligated to keep them in your life. So that's kind of what I wrote the song about. You're very deep, Emrose, for someone who's 18. Very deep indeed. <laughs> mm. um, the, the, your last song, which uh, the title escapes me, but uh, it went straight to my playlist. It's on my, my yeah, the yeah, gallows. I, you you were reluctant to release that one, weren't you? And I, thought, I absolutely love that suit. I, I haven't actually heard this one yet, so I'm looking forward to listening to this one. But that yeah, one, I love yeah. that. I love that last one you did. It was amazing. Yeah. Thank you so how come, much. How yeah, come I you really... reluctant to release it? Was it the gallows? I think you said something about the production. You said you, you felt it wasn't up to your usual standard. I don't think that was the gallows. I think that was my song Run um, a few months ago. Yeah, I think with Run, it was just like very different from my music. Um, usually my songs are a lot more like dream pop, kind of like, um, or just like kind of uh, like indie rock just indie alternative music while run was a lot more just like pop um and yeah i mean it felt like me but it was like very much different from a lot of my music but that can be a good thing yes i remember run now because it was an absolute shock to me because i didn't see it coming (laughs) and uh it was really good it it also made it to my playlist but uh yeah it was completely completely left of center for for you but it's i I think it you, you you're kind of like trying to 
maybe get out of your own comfort zones a little bit and try Absolutely. different things, which is good. Yeah. You, know, you expand yourself a bit, which is good. Yeah. Some of my newer songs have like more of a folky vibe and also more of like a hip hop beat vibe, which is very interesting and cool. I'm always experimenting, writing new songs, doing different kind of styles of production. So it's really, it's really fun. So, yeah, we're going to play out with that song. We're going to play out with The Feelings Mutual. Emrose, we're going to we're gonna cut it off there now because we have been going for ages. I just want to say I thank know. you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute yeah. pleasure. We've had such a laugh. It's been really good. It thank was you. so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to hearing... Have you got anything else coming out this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, lots. Like, again, I'm working on so much stuff. Um, I'm planning to play more gigs in the city. So always new things coming. Um, Hopefully um, an album or EP soon. Um, It's just all about getting the right, like, it's so annoying. I just wish I could, like, put out music and just have it out in the world. But there is so much, like, behind the scenes, things that just make it so much more complicated that I wish weren't there. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, so I have so many songs. It's just all about getting them out into the world. Yeah. Mm. When you recently contacted by a big label, was it Independent Music Group or uh, Sony or someone like that? That would be really cool. Um, I thought you, I thought, you I thought you were contacted by them. I saw um, you posted a picture. Gee. Um, Matt, or was I, it someone else? <laughs> I don't. Else? I do not think that was me. But that would be very nice. Sony, feel free to reach out. Um, But, you know, I don't actually, I don't know. Big labels have their own piece of their, you know, labelness. I'm an independent artist and I think that's going to, you know, stay for a long time. But uh, I don't know. I've I've always said this on the podcast to Wayne, that there's... In, in the years that we've been doing this, there's probably, I can count on one hand, artists I know that have the capability of making it and, and, t- and going all the, way, all, all, all the way. And you are one of the few artists that I've always thought, yeah, if anybody's going to make it in the music, music industry, Emrose is definitely one of the few. So, oh, don't so don't beat yourself down. I think I think you I think you you stick at it like you are. I think you you will you will go far. I mean, you you're making waves all over the all over the place. I mean, there's lots of, like magazines over in the UK that are reaching out to you. You're doing well in. Yeah. Uh, didn't you tell me you're doing well in Spain or was it Brazil or something like that? <laughs> yeah, um, it's so funny. Um, you know, a lot of people who reach out definitely a lot in like Europe and South Asia. It's it's really it's wild. Um, South America, um, and I mean, most of my listeners are in the U.S. though. But um, yeah. Mm, so keep chugging, and when you make it, remember us. Oh my gosh! <laughs> whenever, whenever you want me on the podcast, I would love to. You're yes, always welcome. Absolutely. Always welcome. That's that's sure. recording now. That's a contract. That's fucking binding. You've had it now. You know what? That is so chill. Yeah, I mean, if the Grammys are tomorrow, I'll be on the podcast the next day. All good. <laughs> Lovely. Well, Emrose, thanks again. Um, Wade, Mike, thank you both. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, until next time, I have been Richie. I'm Mike. Wayne's been Wayne, but he's not here. He's disappeared. And our guest has been... Emrose. And I have been the great and almighty Austin. Thanks for listening, as indeed you still are. You make me up as a storybook villain, and you say, I'm not 
Yeah, every time, every that was that was phenomenal. Yeah, the production on that, I love that. Those industrial drum, industrial like drums in it as well. Yeah. Really good. Oh, every every you you never fail to deliver. Never amazing. Ah, you, thank you. Are you there, Wayne? Sorry, I'm having microphone trouble here. I'm here. Did you? What did you think of that, Wayne? That's that was amazing, fantastic. wasn't it? Yeah, it was amazing. I love the change up in the middle of it. You know, you got yeah, that sort yeah, of yeah. dream poppy, and then it sort of it sort of, almost like an indie uh, baseline coming halfway through. Loved it. For, yeah. for that, I mean, you got you talk about how you're an independent artist, and that didn't sound like an independent artist to me. And you can understand why I say if anyone's going to make it in the industry, it's going to be M Rose. I mean, that that's the kind of thing you get from M Rose every time. It. You know, you always an absolute fucking belter. So that's your first experience with Emrose Mike as a host on the show. What did what did you think? I thought it was absolutely fantastic from start to finish. I was completely captured. Um, I, 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 I don't know why. I sort of wasn't expecting. Having spoken to you for the last two hours, I sort of didn't think you would go that kind of dark. Because you seem like you know quite a joyful person. Um, oh my god, you have my music is so depressing. You have no idea. Oh my god, well, it's I'm terrible. Not it was depressing. It was dark, but it's, it's no, brilliant. I you mean, don't I know. Oh god, I get so much. <laughs> Jesus, my next few songs are like, oh yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't know. The next CD comes with a free noose. Ah, yes, seriously. <laughs> no, no, seriously. My last song is called "The Gallows," which is yeah. literally a noose. <laughs> Brilliant. Fair point. You should have guessed it from that. But um, yeah, no. I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll probably spend the week checking out more of your stuff. But really, really cool. Really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm just going to say one one little thing, which is you can remain independent and still be signed. There's a difference between being independent and unsigned. That's, that's something that yeah, I think is really key. Very true. Um, and if you find a good, you know, small independent label, you can still be an independent artist. Just like you, Mike. Like your label. Like my label, except we've got releases backed up till. God knows when, and I can't possibly afford to take anyone else on. But one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think it's an important point because the artists we work with are completely independent. You know, we're not running their lives like a major label. Oh, God. Oh, my God.
you to church on a Sunday. What the fuck? Christ, buddy. I'll take you to the house. I'll take you to Paris. Jesus. with that that was incredible <laughs> i want to make a six-figure salary for <laughs> the genre nice it's good it's good good start He's gone full prodigy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.